Corinthians chapter 10. I want to talk again about the exponential of your potential. I'm on that. I think that's a, a good subject for the beginning of a year. Good subject any time of the year. But one thing we're working on in our culture, I, I, give, I give thanks for the Baptists because the Baptists, we're one of the few states that doesn't have gambling. One of the few states. And Paul Harvey, Paul Harvey, not, not Billy Graham or not Oral Roberts, but Paul Harvey in 1965, he said, if I was the devil, I would bring gambling into every state. Pretty prophetic, isn't it? But uh, so I, th I praise God for the Baptists for standing against that. But on the other hand, not the Baptists, but all religion has some little mantras that they're unwilling to give up. I've been working on some people for years and saying, no, ma'am, that's not right. That no, ma'am, that's not right either. No, ma'am, that's wrong. That's not, that's not what God said and you don't have scripture for it. Oh, okay. Well, then I call them again. So, you know, but mostly here's what I summed it up into. It is what it is. Religion loves that. It is what it is. The next thing I thought that they like to say is what will be, will be. Okay, sirrah, sirrah. And the last one, God is in control. Well, we don't care what they believe, except, you know, if they're born again. After that, we have a good word, we have a message, we have a lifestyle, we have an empowerment that helps us to do what we do to win the lost and heal the sick. But if they don't want it and they're born again, we just sometimes we just move on because you can't you can't just work and work and work on somebody unless the Lord gives you unction when you could get 10 or 15 other people in the way while you're working on this one person. So I want to ask a question tonight. Pretend it's Sunday because that's when I usually ask questions, but uh, we'll ask the question because I want to provoke you. I want to provoke me to love and good works. Is that all right with y'all? To be provoked. Yes. To come to church and say, I'm changed. So what I'm going to ask you is, are you going to leave anything on the table when this life is over? Are you going to leave anything? Do you know what that little saying is when you leave something on the table? Another way they say it, like in sports, is they left it all on the field. In other words, they gave everything there was in them and they left it on. They didn't take anything back home with them. They left it on the field. And so the saying that uh, we we use sometimes is it takes of those people is that it takes all of their life to live their life. And we we fight. Consciously, we fight. Being passive, lucid. Being hesitant, reticent, we we fight that that laid back thing that says, if I can, I will. We fight that. Because that's not who we are. We don't have to go to church. You can be a Christian. You can go to heaven and not go, ever go to church. You don't have to give to be a Christian. It's true. But you won't be a strong one. And the devil will, like Andrew Womack says, he'll eat your lunch and pop your bag. <laughs> so, uh, 
So we got to get past. It takes all of my life to live my life. Are we doing better? Of course we are. Because we're making decisions. We're taking responsibility. The mark of maturity is the choices you make. You get up every day and you got a gazillion choices, but you just got 24 hours and you're going to sleep six or eight of those. So what are you going to do? Well, your choices, what you decide to do, determines your maturity. God's measure of our potential. You know, he made us, but we have a lot to do with everything. Because he wants you to get saved, but if you don't get saved, you can't blame God, but he didn't make you. So if you measure your potential, one thing we understand is it's not relative. It's not based on the people around us. It's not based on other people. It's measured by the impartation at the new birth. What you got at the new birth is how you have to measure your capacity or your potential. If he didn't give you nothing, then nothing's required. But if he gave you something, then you know he expects us to pony up and use it. And that's kind of hard on some people because they don't want to hear what God did. They just want to be an old sinner saved by grace and just go to heaven. Well, so I'm talking about it tonight, just laying it out how you and I have come from that. We can't belittle these people. We don't want to slight them because we all came from that. We were all lazy. We were all laid back. We were all wanting to get all we can for as little as we could. But then Jesus moved in and we were changed. Narrow is the gate. And so we're going through a narrow gate. Amen. So 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Let's look in verse 12. It says, for we dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves. But they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. So he says, just because you're better than your neighbor doesn't mean you're pulling the yoke, that you're pulling the plow. The New Living says they are only comparing themselves with each other, using themselves as the standard of measurement. How ignorant. That's what the word says. That's not me. That's what the word says. How ignorant. Let me read it again. They are only comparing themselves with each other, using themselves as the standard of measurement. How ignorant. So we've got to giddy up if there's more in us to do than we've been doing. And only you can know that. But we do know that that uh, baptized in the Holy Ghost or otherwise, we lay hands on the sick and they do recover. But we've got to get our hands on the sick. And there's a transaction there. Like you've got to ask them, can I lay hands on you and... And you, you'll recover. So there's a boldness there. There's, a, there's a, a thing where we get out of our comfort zone and just go by them and say, that's not my problem. I feel fine. So the question I want to ask tonight, just don't have very long, is what is your potential 
Is there anything that the Lord could show us out of his word that would make a spark to say, well, there's more in there than I thought? Would that be OK to know that there's more in there? You don't we don't want to leave anything on the field. We don't want to leave anything on the table. We want to go out when he comes for us saying everything you gave me. I touched every every part of it. I touched every part of my of what you brought to me in the Holy Ghost. And uh, so it, it amounts to this is what you're carrying has to be offloaded. You can't go to heaven. You can, but you shouldn't go to heaven with a lot of unfulfilled abilities and gifts. Would you all agree with that? Yes. Of course we would. I looked up this scripture in jo Joel. I don't even know if I can find Joel. It's back there somewhere around Psalms, I think. I got to find it, though, because I didn't write it down. Where is Joel? Well, yeah. <laughs> and Second Kings is after First Kings. <laughs> okay. Uh, it'd be chapter two. Where'd you say it was? Okay, Hosea is the O books. Yeah, O books. Well, see, you know, there's five books that have O's in them. Yeah. Yeah, and they're all together, the O books. Hosea, Joel, Obadiah, Jonah, and... Ah, there's five of them, wherever I messed up. But anyway, we're going to Joel. Y'all are messing up my broadcast here. <laughs> Y'all aren't doing anything. We're in Joel. It's an Old Testament book. It's a prophetic book. And the prophet Joel, he, he started uh, talking about stuff and they wrote it down. Verse 21. Uh, Fear not, O land, be glad and rejoice, for the Lord will do great things. That's a good word. Be not afraid, ye beasts of the field, for the pastures of the wilderness do spring. For the tree beareth her fruit, the fig tree and the vine do yield their strength. Be glad then, ye children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God. For he hath given you the former rain, moderately, and he will cause to come down for you the rain, the former rain, and the latter rain in the first month. And the floor shall be full of wheat and the fats shall overflow with wine and oil. And I will restore, I will restore, the Lord said to these people, I will restore to you the years. When I got baptized in the Holy Ghost, the Lord said, I'm going to catch you up. He's catching us all up. He's catching us all up. He's, he's put people in the body of Christ that you can tune into, that you can read after, and then come to church to catch us up if we're behind. I will restore to you the years that the locust hath eaten, the canker worm, the caterpillar, the palmer worm, my great army which I sent among you, and ye shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God that hath dealt wondrously with you and my people shall never be ashamed. This is prophetic. Uh, 
Verse 27, and ye shall know that I am in the midst of Israel, that I am the Lord your God and none else. And my people shall never be ashamed. And it shall come to pass afterward that will, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Do y'all know that's happened? Hallelujah. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Yes, we do. Old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also upon the servants and upon the handmaids in those days will I pour out my spirit. And he goes on. But he's, he's talking about the Old Testament version of more than enough. This is where he gets uh, uh, words out there that are flowery and, and extreme and, and, and just says, as much as you can think of, I'll do more. That's the Old Testament version. And you know, the people could only receive through their souls, so it was a little challenging to do that back then. But the measure of blessing God had for them was always in Joel. He's working on them in other ways, punishing them and disciplining them and carrying on in other places. But in Joel, he says, this is what I want to do for you. And so how much more now? How much more now? Our potential, our capacity, our strength, our power is limitless. Limitless. You go, well, we're just people. Hang on. It's more just because we hadn't seen it doesn't mean he doesn't want to show it. When they came out with the Sousa Street, that was a new thing. That was a new thing. That, that hadn't been around in a while. And, and then the, the 11 years of the uh, outpouring of healing, when Israel became a nation and, and uh, World War II was over, healing was poured out in direct correlation with Israel becoming a nation. And there was 11 years there that they say, written, they say, is the easiest thing. You, is easier to get healed than anything. You could drink water harder than you could get healed. Amen. So he's an extreme God. I know sometimes y'all want me to pull up and not bother people that, you know, just keep it normal, keep it routine. But we don't have enough time. <laughs> That's what I told Lynn this afternoon when he said Coach Saban retired. I said, Jesus is coming back. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, I, uh, one extreme thing is this for us. John 8, 32, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. To be free. You know, there's hardly anybody on the planet that's free. They may be free in the democratic place like we supposedly are in the United States. But lots of people are bound in this United States, even though they're politically set free. The, the legal system says you have a voice and you have rights, but they're not. Lots of bound Christians in church, born again, going to heaven. God love them. They love God but they're bound, they're not free. So it's the truth. So there's a lie that's been going on. And one of the lies is it is what it is. That's the lie that binds people. It is what it is. We can't go past it is what it is. We can't go past what will be will be. That's, that's just saying 
don't rock the boat. God knows best. And then we, we can't get past God's in control because it binds people. It limits him. It's against the scripture in Joel and it's sure against the scriptures in the new covenant that have been specifically put there for just you and me. Y'all, I just want to be extreme a little until I can get extreme a lot. And I think this is the time and I believe this is the people to do it. And it's not even like, well, I know what's coming on. But I do know. Listen to 2 Corinthians 8, 9. You, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. That though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor. That you through his poverty might be made rich. That's extreme. That's a superlative. He, he could have said, You're, he, he became less better off than, than he was so that you could be better, better off than you were. He could, he could have toned it down. He could have, but you go back into the Greek and what else do we have? If we don't have the original language to say that, then, then where do we go? Well, we, we can't. The original language, the original tongue, we have to trust that's how God meant it. And so in, in Psalm 8, he said, you, you, have made, you have made man a little lower than the angels. The, the King James guys just couldn't do it. But the word is Elohim. He made us a little lower than him. And that's extreme. That's extreme. They, it's so extreme in James in 1611, they couldn't do it. But we found it. It's in the original tongue. Uh, uh, in, in chapter 9, verse 8, listen to this extreme. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you. All grace. Well, giddy up, Lord. Now, there's, there's things in my life that aren't perfect. There's things in my life that need fixing, and I'm working on a few things, and, you know, uh, I know you're not through with me yet. That's a lie. Uh, but he said, what did he say? For, you know, uh, he, he said, God is able to make all grace abound towards you that you having all sufficiency... I love this verse. It's my favorite verse. In all things may abound. Why didn't he just say and get along? We got lots of words that say get along. That meet the need. God shall supply all your need. But he said all sufficiency in all things that you may abound in every good work. So he put it, he tied it to our every good work. As long as you're working for me. You got everything you need. But Christians don't want to believe that because it's been pounded in us. You know how it is. If someone tells you Johnny is a bad boy and 99 people came by and said, Johnny is the best man I've ever been around. We have a hard time getting past that one witness. But if you have nine people, 99 people that say Johnny's the best. You ought to get him. You ought to. And, and one person comes by and says, I, I don't much care for him. Well, get out of my sight. We don't care for you. So it's the order of the of the witness. Well, we've had the wrong order. We've had this God's in control thing first. This what will be will be first. This this it is what it is first. And we're having to get around that to say all sufficiency and all things abounding to every good work. Shame on us for not believing the word. Shame on us for believing our experience. Saying, well, it never happened to me. Shame on us. 
James 4, 7, listen to this superlative. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil. Resist him. And he will flee. The Amplified, or some version, says run away and start terror. It's more than just, I think I'll move on down the street. Listen to this, 1 John 4, 4. Ye are of God, little children. And have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than everything else. Everything else than he that is in the world. The Antichrist is the specific subject there. Everything else. The greater one right here. Greater one. Greater one. Well, you're bragging. That's a little high. That's a little tough. That's a little hard for us to take. You ought to be humble about it. Greater one. He's in here. And he's working through me, through you, through us. And we're unstoppable. We're unstoppable. Our potential, our capacity is so much that, that we're unstoppable. The only thing that would stop us is if we didn't believe what was true. And then the truth that we would know, limited, would not set us free. We'd be bound because we didn't know the truth. Didn't believe the truth. Didn't act on the truth. And I say, River Church, let's giddy up. I mean, I'm not saying you're not. I'm just, we're just, we're making sure, we're making a second pass. You know, when you go to a hotel, somebody goes out the door and the other one goes through and makes a second pass. Make sure your hair dryer's not on the, you know. We're just making a second pass here. Making sure everybody is snuffed up. 1 Peter 2.24, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree. Oh my. His own self, bear our sins in his own body on the tree. That we being dead to sin, dead to sin, dead to sin. There it is, dead to sin. Sin shall not have dominion over thee. Dead to sin should live, should live under righteousness. How does righteousness live? Healed. By stripes ye were healed because we live under righteousness. We don't live in that other realm. Uh, Ephesians 3.19 says that you might be filled with the fullness of God. Oh, my word. Oh, my word. Filled with the, a little dab, the drippings of God, the, the, resi the moisture of God, the humidity of God. Filled with the fullness of God. <sighs> now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all A-L-L -L, all you could ask or think the word all there in the Greek means everyone and collectively together all <laughs> all that is uh, where was I here all that we ask or think that scripture you, you can't get your head around that it's not a head around scripture. None of these are. None of these. You can't, if, you are, if you're a head person, if you're reasoning this out, you've, you have flunked the class. You have an F minus. Because this is not for the head. You're going to have to get your faith around it. That means you've got to meditate on it. You've got to put it in. You've got you to put it in. I, I remember Keith Moore talking about one time believing for a jet. And he could tell that one wing was sticking out. 
He hadn't got it all in yet. He was working on it. Well, that's the way your faith is. My faith is we got to get it in. We got to get the exceeding part in. And then we got to get the abundantly part in. And then all you can ask, oh, my word. But that's no different than Matthew uh, 11 that says what things soever you desire when you pray. Believe you receive them and you shall have them. Second Corinthians 2.14 says, now thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus. Like, like most of the time, all the time. Like all the time. There's always a way to win. There's always a way through. I know y'all know this. Just bear with me. Just a little. First Corinthians 2.16, for who hath known the mind of God that he may instruct him, but we have. Help me. The mind of Christ. Now, you, you, you can't you can't just say, oh, OK, that's on page 16. We'll we'll put that in and ace the test. You you can't. You've got to put that in the mind of Christ. You've got to put in there that you start looking down here instead of up here, that everything that we do, every decision we make, every every goal we dream, every vision that we have, we run it by. The mind of Christ. We take it according to the word of God. And if it passes this. We're in. That's what makes us have exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think is the mind of Christ. Because we're not thinking according to natural barriers and boundaries. We're not thinking according to that. I, I told you all Sunday and I'm going to read it again. But uh, Revelation is progressive. Let's say it together. Revelation is progressive. The more you know, the more you can know. If you don't know anything, you can't know anything. So we have to we have to sit and, and, and force it in, force it in, even when we don't really want to read the word. We don't really want to pray in the Holy Ghost. We just sit there and say, shut up, shut up, head, shut up, body. And we and we and then all of a sudden we want to. So revelation is progressive. Therefore, today is our least day ever because everything that we've learned up to today is in me. It's in you. And all the failures, all the things that submarined us yesterday have been dealt with. I see it. It can't get me now because I know what that is. I know that that while of the devil. And so this is our least day. Every day is going to have all the good of our past Without any of the negative going forward, all those plots and plans, all those weapons formed against us that can't prosper, they're all been disarmed. And so uh, every moment of tomorrow will have today's increase and none of yesterday's limitation. So now every single day forward is the best day of my whole life. Well, you got you got to marinate on that. Like, really? Every day? Well, I got a doctor's appointment coming up and I got a I got a this or a that. Best day. Best day. So it's all based on your capacity. What do you think you can have? What do you what do you think you can do? Well, well, well. Well, if it's based on your experience or somebody else's. Not that much. Because the pattern. That's been laid down before us. We're new. That there's great giants like John G. Lake and and uh, Oral Roberts that that 
went out there and plowed it. Kenneth Copeland, he plowed some stuff. Kenneth Hagin, absolutely, did some great things. But we tend to discount that because they were so successful at it, it's like they had a gift. Instead of, they just said, I'll do it. And then the gift came. Do y'all get that? You do it and then the gift comes. You don't say, you know, I got a gift. Let me just say, gifts, you don't have a gift. There's no gifts. There's, there's the five-fold ministry, and those are endowments, and people are set into those offices. I remember when it came into me. It was, a, it was an impartation. But after that, they're according to the Holy Ghost, and nobody has the gift of whatever. In, they say, well, this man uh, has the gift of healing backs. He can lay hands on you and, and your back will recover. Well, what that is, is not the gift of healing. He doesn't have that. None. We don't have any of them. We access all of them, but we don't have any of them. But what, what it is, is he's developed his faith that says, I'll lay hands on the troubled back and they will recover. He's developed his faith in that. And so, yeah, it works for him. But I could do that. You want to have the ministry of earlobes? You know, if I, I'll... I'll Every earlobe, every hole in your earlobe, I'll, it'll close when I pray for you or whatever. You can develop a faith for that. But that's, that's in our whole capacity. All of us could do that. Each of us could do that. Take, take off the you got this and I got that because we all got it all. So there's, there's no gifts of healings that's apportioned to any man to say, yeah, I got that. I used to. I said, Lord, I want the gift of healing. And I worked on that for a year. And then one day, you know, I realized that it, it was already there. And it wasn't something that was just going to come on me that was magical. The things of God are not magic. So what if we had a perfect run? What if we had a let's take it to NCAA football or basketball or something. What if we had a 15 and 0 season here at River Church in the sense of our own personal lives that everything we did, we won every game. We knocked everything back. Everything they sent against us, we could handle it. What, what would it look like in this realm, in this realm, taking what we kind of know in that realm and understand and into this realm? Well, there's record books that do, and I talked about that Sunday, record books that show what people do, the most of this and the best of that and the fastest of this. But really, your potential, there's two realms. There's the all of us got everything, and then there's your peculiar or particular or unique specific gifting. You, you can discover it, but not until you've worked in the general. Everybody wants to be superman, superwoman. Look at me. I got this gift. I got this thing. I'm, I'm called to this or that. Ah, we, we pretty much discount that because we got to lay a foundation. Matter of fact, I, read, I wrote this down. Uh, Matthew 7, 24. Matthew 7, 24, I, I've just got to hurry. 
Matthew 7, 24 says it. Pretty good. Okay, 7, 24 says, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them. So he's talking about the foundations. Would y'all agree with that? I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. The rock is the foundation. It's what holds everything else up. If you don't have a foundation, well, he goes on. And the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew, the beat upon the house. It fell not because it was founded upon the rock of foundation, of revelation, of, of, of uh, steady go. Just building the foundation in. Not a flash and dash. When I was first in the ministry, I wanted, like I said, I wanted to be a flash and dash, and, but a subtle one. And I thought if I just laid ha hands on everybody, yeah, yeah, it was a paradox. <laughs> but I thought if I could just lay hands on people and every one of them got healed, I'd be a quiet phenomenon. And everyone that heareth these things of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand and the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. Well, that's, that's, what, we're, that's what we're doing at River Church. You need healing, healing's in the house. You need finances, finances are in the house. We don't have Big Daddy. We don't have Got Rock. We don't have any of those now, we got to get the foundation laid. Lord, the Lord is sending all those people, but they will be rather insignificant. They'll just be parlaying their gift that they already had as they come in. They'll finance a lot of things, but we, we won't be looking to them to say, oh, I wonder what he wants to do. That's what we're probably going to do. Pastor's going to do whatever he wants to do because he's got the purse strings. It's never going to happen. And no healing ministry. We all have it. We, we are not the, we're not the one man church. We're not. We're all going out into the highways and hedges and we're healing them all. And there's no one man. When we had our healing uh, room, our clinic, I laid hands on nobody. Because I didn't want them to say we want him. Because he's pastor. Because I had nothing more than anybody did. So, uh. Uh, uh, I've got a scripture here. Where is it? Uh, it's in Luke chapter 12. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Luke chapter 12. Are y'all okay with this? Yes. I'm going somewhere with it. I'm not even there yet. I, I, that's why I got to get it yet because I said all that to say this sort of thing. <clears throat> so there is... And this is what I want to talk about tonight. There is a kingdom accountability. Aren't y'all glad there's kingdom accountability? That, that the master of the house, the Lord Jesus, the head of this church, the head of every church, but this one for sure. He demands, because that is his nature and his kingdom, divine order. He wants it in order. He wants marriages in order. He wants the church to be in order. He wants... He wants single people to be in order. He wants our children. To, he wants everything in order. He wants our ministry to be in order. He likes order, decency and order. 
Doesn't mean you can't get out there because we intend to get out there, but we'll be in order even as we do wild-eyed things. Is that okay? So the bar is high. I already said the wide is the way to destruction and narrow is the the gate. Yeah. So we're we're looking for the 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 gate. We're looking for the gate because we already been down the other one. If we hadn't actually done it, we've seen it. We've seen what religion will do. So there's a bar. The bar is higher, excuse me, your potential is higher than the bar. Everyone in here can match, meet, and go over the bar. There's not the haves and the have-nots in here. There's not the, the those that are spiritual, you know, and when they get to do this thing and they get that kind of thing. There's none of that and never shall be. We're all the same. The seats that you sit in, none of you own them. If someone came in this Sunday, which would suit me really good, and took your seat, we would never know it was your seat. You just you just sashay over to the other side or whatever. I mean, I'm using that for an example. We don't own anything. None of us do. We we are his and we're in his order. So so how do we how do we exercise our potential? And that's what I want to talk about just for a few minutes is the way you do that is you exercise faithfulness. Faithfulness. Say it with me. Faithfulness. The Lord likes faithfulness. The faithful man will abound with blessing. People don't like to be faithful. They want to be out of order. They want to do their thing. I don't want nobody telling me to do. Well, it's not me. It's not the church telling you what to do. It's him telling. But we speak it from the pulpit or whatever. We instruct. But it's him. He backs us up. If we, are, if we get in order and you say, I, I don't know how come I didn't get to vote on that. Well, that's because we're in order. And we don't vote on certain things. Uh, a lot of things we don't vote on. So two things, two things that you can do for faithfulness. To, to enlarge your capacity and to build on the rock. Number one is your money. It, money is not anything. It's a way to measure. The kingdom... The, the world, it's the, it's the most powerful thing in the world, but it's the least powerful thing in the kingdom of heaven. Money doesn't matter. All of it, none of it's going. So money, what you do with your money, if you don't want to deal with your money, according to divine order, you're stuck. And it's not like we're going to look at it and say, well, you know, Leroy, he hadn't been doing too good here lately. Let's take him off the, the gotcha get you committee or whatever. It doesn't happen that way. The Lord just takes care of stuff. And but he does it with money. And, and we don't look at your money. You may think we were like we're real interested. I am not. I am not. I'm I am not. But money is important only because it measures your faithfulness. The love of it is the root of all evil. The other thing is helps. Money and helps. If you don't show up, if you don't help, knock yourself out. We won't say a word. But the Lord will apportion your reward according to what you do. How you handle your money 
and how you help. If you're never available, if you're always the last one in and the first one out and you're, you know, and this, that and the other. You understand it's very difficult. It's very challenging for anyone to get up here and speak that knows y'all without accidentally hitting somebody with the with something. And it looks like, well, he's talking to me. I'm not. I'm working so hard not to talk to anybody. But but uh, yeah. Yeah. So there's a bar and you have giftings in you to hit that bar, go over that bar and reset the bar, set the bar higher for you. I'm doing things now that the Lord wouldn't that that I got away with a long time I, backwards, backwards. I used to get away with things that I can't get away with now with my time and just a lot of things because he requires more. Are you all with me on that? Of course you go. Well, did he change? No, but we grew. We increased and we became more accountable. We became more faithful. So you have to judge your faithfulness. We're not going to ask you, where were you last Wednesday? We're not going to ask. If you miss a couple of services that you're always in, you should call. Well, I want you to call. That's a test. That's like testing Jesus and say, well, master, you know, a woman did this and a man did that. What do you say? Don't test me. How come you didn't just show up at the hospital? Don't do that. This is not nursery. You call and say, the Bible says when I'm in trouble to call the elder or the pastor or whatever, and he'll take care of me. And you bet you I am on it. We are in there. I am fast. But I am not listening in the wind to see if you are testing me to see if I'll show up and do I care? I care. That, that's the way it is, and I, I hope you don't mind it. So here's the key. Now, I, I almost left this out. When we said this money and, 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 uh, and helps ministry, help ministry of helps, it's because here's how it works. God doesn't trust you and me with people until he's first proved us with money and with helps. If you hadn't got your money down right, he is not sending you to go minister. If you hadn't got your helps down, you, you, yes, I'm the Lone Ranger. I do my own thing. This is how I do it. And I want to do it. Don't want nobody to tell me how to do it. Well, yay. Good, Leroy. We, we're fine. But just know the Lord, he likes divine order. He likes the foundation to be in. And then he will build and build and build in your life. He's looking for you to get your foundation right so he can Keep it up. He's looking to River Church to heap us up. So uh, 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 Luke uh, 12, 48 says, for unto whom much is given, finish it with me, of him much shall be required. So there's an accountability. But you reverse that unto much is required. Much is given. So there's a lot required of River Church. We're operating a tremendous budget based on unrealistic numbers, I can just tell you, it's crazy. But here we are. Don't take this for granted. Don't, don't assume. Don't just say, well, I don't know how it's working, but it must be working okay. 
Don't assume that you don't have to go in your prayer closet and help us. Don't assume that you don't have to. You know what I'm talking about. We're believing God. Aren't you believing God? You'll, Kenneth Copeland said one time, he said, you will never get to the place where you're not believing God for your finances. I have found that to be true. So uh, uh, to whom much is given, much is required. This is kingdom righteousness. This is divine order. This is how the kingdom is set. You're given. He requires. Well, I don't know that I'm given. Well, you got to look in because he's still requiring it. He's still requiring it, whether you know it or not, just because you don't look. You may have been asleep during that service where the Lord was speaking to you and said, I've put something in you and it's wonderful. <laughs> OK, listen to this. James three says in the Amplified, not many of you listen, not many of you should become teachers, my brethren, for you know that we teachers will be judged by a higher standard and with greater severity than other people. Thus, we assume the greater accountability and the more condemnation. That's that's pretty barry. He's got the bar set there. It's not like, well, we're all the same. That's what Miriam and Aaron did to Moses. How come we can't speak to the people for God? And Moses said, not up to me. And then this 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 leprosy came out and jumped on him. Just saying. Acts 5, 1, Ananias with Sapphira's wife sold the possession, kept back part of the price, his wife being privy to it, and, bought, and brought a certain part, kind of like a half price offering, and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Ghost? If you ever wonder how come Ananias and Sapphira didn't make it through that day, lying to the Holy Ghost. If you've been given much, much is required. We don't know that much about Ananias, but we do know what happened. And so we can go back. We can walk back and say he knew better. And it was he was he's doing bad things. And he kept back part of the price while it remained. Was it not thine own? And after it was sold, was it not thine own power? Why hast thou conceived this thing in thine heart? So we that's why we have to come to church. That's why we have to listen to videos or, or, or uh, audios. We've got to have another voice in us because we think according to how we think. So we judge me. I judge me according to that wasn't bad. That was actually pretty good. I should do that again. And, 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 and it's not. Have you all ever been there where you wake up one day? What have I been thinking and doing? And you need counsel. You need a witness. You need someone to get in your life that's impartial that just says, don't do that. It'll bite you. It'll eat you up. It'll throw you away. And but if we're all on our own, if we're just out there doing our own thing, we will counsel ourselves into what looks good for us and we'll get in error. You'll get in error. So there's accountability. Ananias and Sapphira paid for it. I, I believe I think they went to heaven, but. Uh, uh, Matthew 25. I, oh, oh, it's my last scripture. Can we go to Matthew 25? Yes. Uh huh. 
you know I like Matthew 25. <laughs> Everybody that knows me has been down the scripture with me, but it says, uh, uh, verse 19, 25, 19, you know the story, so we won't go through that. After a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoneth with them. So we're talking about a bar. We're talking about accountability. We're talking about to whom much is given, much is required. We're talking about uh, 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 don't become a teacher falsely. Don't say, well, I think teachers are well respected. I'm going to become a teacher. You might want to look, look at that again. Get your foundation laid and let the Lord put you in that. Uh, we've had people that have promoted themselves into high offices. We, we knew someone that's, that told us, can I say that? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> you're, you're, you know, yeah. No, okay. Well, they just said that a bishop was an apostle's apostle. As they were being ordained as a bishop. And I don't judge that, and I shouldn't have said it, I guess, but I don't judge that. I'm just like, let everybody judge that. If you've got something, hound dog, if you've got something, let everybody say, you know, they got something. If you're wealthy, don't say, you know, I got stuff. Don't say it. We'll all look at you and say, you know, they got stuff. If you've got a gifting, if you've got a ministry, if you've got something that you operate in, you're, you're, you're in there. Don't toot your horn. Don't say, look at me. We, the kingdom's against that. Jesus didn't do it. He doesn't want us doing it. Just, just go your way. Go your way. Don't, don't say, I'm going to go do this and I'm going to go fix that. Just go do it. Oh, my. Uh, so the message says the master of those three servants came back and settled up with them. So there's a settling up is my point. The, uh, well, the NIVR says to collect all that they'd earned. <laughs> collect all the money. So verse 28 and 29, and then we'll quit. We will. Therefore, take the talent from him and give it to him which has ten talents. I, I keep bringing this up. I keep going back to this. There's not, it's not the path that you and I thought. It's not the religious path that just says it's, it's like the world. Everybody goes out and makes a living, does the best they can. They bring their tithe in. They offer when they can. And then we just, uh, we just, we just plod along and maybe you'll get an inheritance. Maybe, maybe you'll get a whatever, whatever. That's not the way it works. It's not. The wealth of the sinner is stored up for us, the righteous. And it says, take therefore the talent from him and give it unto him which hath ten talents. There's a lot of that giving going on because not very many people are, 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 uh, are taking care of their stewardship. The uh, uh, verse 29, for unto him, to unto everyone that hath shall be given. Let's say that together. Unto everyone that hath shall be given. Well, do you hath? Do you hath? Do you have? Do you have? Do you have revelation? Do you have wisdom? Do you have a vision? Do you have strength inside of you? Do you have accountability? Are you in divine order? Have you, have you got a stewardship? Are you a half? If you're a half, if, most people can't say yes to any of that. But if you can say, I am a half, he said, he said, 
more shall be given and he shall have an abundance. That's what the Lord Jesus said. Now I'm talking about all these scriptures that we had, Ephesians 3 and James uh, chapter 4 and all these scriptures that are superlatives. 2 Corinthians uh, 9, 8, all sufficiency in all things. He said, he that hath, that's why we're on track. That's why we're tuning in. That's why we're nailing down stuff that we used to just let flop around and blow in the breeze. We're nailing it down saying we got to take off. We got to get the wings on this thing so we can take off because the Lord has a plan. The Lord has a plan. He's got a plan for you. He's got a plan for his kingdom, but we're in it. And he's looking. Who's he looking to? Who's he going to gather up? The haths. And then he said, I, I, then I got to go. It says, but from him that hath not. It doesn't say the preacher's going to get it or, or the IRS is going to get it. It just means even that which he has will be taken away. He just can't hold on to anything. Just can't make it to church. You have a marriage seminar. Well, who comes to the marriage seminar? All the people that have got great marriages. Who did you have the seminar for? For? All the people that are trashed out in their marriage, where are they? Well, we hath not. We couldn't make it. The wheel, the wheel came off of Leroy's, little Leroy Jr.'s wagon, and we had to stay home and fix it. You just, you just can't believe it until you know what it is. And when you know what it is, you go, I know who you are. I love you. I'd help you if I could, and I will if you'll call. So River Church is here. Why are we here? To enlarge our capacity. To enlarge our, to, to provoke you to love and good works. Everybody we have in here, if they can't provoke us to love and good works, they, they're a one night stand. Can you say that in church? <laughs> I'm sorry if you can't. They are, they're gone. If they can't, if they, No. We need to only have people in here that can provoke us to love and good works. And then we're here to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. Not for the pastor to shine and, and, and look so good. Well, he's building his own kingdom and we're going to help him. No, no, I'm, I'm with you. I just get this, this job, but, but Joy's always in the aisle. Who knows that if Joy always in the aisle, isn't the thing that God says, I'm looking for that man that's always in the aisle and I've got a big stomping reward for him, whoever that is. Oh, it's Joey. They say it every week. Joey's in the aisle. He's always there and he's always in the aisle. Or something like that. Amen. Father, we thank you. We thank you. We're so grateful. You've got a plan. This is not what will be will be. This is not everything's going to turn out the way it has always turned out. This thing is moving at exponential speed and our potential in you is unmeasurable. It is unmeasurable. It is so we don't even know where to start. So we just start where we are and be faithful. Thank you, Lord, for River Church. We are, we're yours, Lord. Jesus is Lord and we want, we want to shine bright for you in these last days. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen.